The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. Today I want to speak to you about lessons from defeat. Wow, lessons from defeat. I thought it would be the most Australian topic to talk about because, you know, whenever Australians seem to be faced with imminent defeat, have risen some of our most amazing and literally miraculous stories. And, um, you know, I want to show you a couple of pictures of our conference because, you know, um, literally um, we, we just... I'm still in awe of what God has done, you know, like that everything on the wall, if you were to look at the fact that, you know, in the past people that run conferences and, and, do, and try to do things on a larger scale, you know, from, you know, we had, we had youth ministries from all over uh, New South Wales. We had them from all the way from Nelson Bay, all the way down to Cooma. You know, there were youth groups from Bathurst and it was just, uh, you know, just amazing to see uh, what God did. But everything in the normal would say that this was going to be a failure. It was going to be defeat because, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I live out in Penrith. I, I don't have um, a massive staff. I've only got one volunteer and two part-time staff that are two days each. And, um, and, and you would think that you wouldn't be able to put this on. Um, but, you know, I guess when the Australian spirit is engaged and when people get around in unity, God can do Miracles. Have we got those pictures? I think there's. I think there's two pictures. We're just going to quickly show you. Are they up? Here we go. Okay. So this was your auditorium. We had a big, massive structure here, and and so on and so forth. Go to the next picture. We also had another son of the house come back, Pen, uh, Peter Horden, and you can just see all those young people, hands raised, outstretched, and uh, the. It was just an amazing conference to say that. Um, you know, it was difficult to get people to a place of getting, that was actually Thursday morning, right? Um, So he, you know, it's already like, we've only had one meeting the Wednesday night and now we're, we're, we're at that stage. I've been at conferences where, and camps when I'm literally, and the other speakers are literally still trying to get the, the crowd really into it, engaged um, and plugged into the Holy Spirit, uh, literally sometimes over halfway through, you're still trying to, you got people sitting down and mucking around and, and, and not really getting engaged. Every single person, hands raised, engaged. It was just, uh, I stood there just going, I can't believe what you're doing, God. I mean, it's just amazing. I'm seeing it with my own eyes, but I'm amazed by it. And let me tell you, North Shore Christian Center, you did this. You did it. You go, but I didn't come. I, didn't, I wasn't part of it. But no, 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 you did this. Because it's come out of your house, this house, North Shore Christian Centre, the house of God here on Eastern Valley Way in Chatswood. This is where it came from. So you did it. And, uh, and I, I just think that you need to today walk out of here with just your spirit raised a little bit more and going, going wow, look what we just did. Now, this is what we're trying to do with this. We're actually trying to do the impossible. No conference has ever started out by saying we may never do this again. Okay, so like seriously, that's that's how I did it, you know. Chris, I, I'm telling the absolute truth, right? Or the other guys that were there, hundred percent. That's how I started it because what we want to do is see a measurable growth in young people engaged in outreach in their local schools. So I would say to all the inter- intercessors and prayers in this church, of which I know there's many, 
I would encourage you to be praying over the next, you know, six months. Because in six months' time, we're going to be resurveying the same kids. So this was a commitment that the youth pastors made to keep a list of registrants. And then they're going to resurvey these young people in six months' time. And we're going to ask them the same three questions again. Do I lead a group or do I run something in my school? Do I attend something in my school? Or do I not go to anything in my school? Like I don't, I don't go to any kind of outreach, um, um, you know, programs or strategies within my school. And so we're going to redo that. And what we're going to believe for is the green light will be given in June if we double, double the participation of young people in schools. You know, Ken, Ken Bennett, our National Youth Alive director, you may or may not know him, but, uh, but he, um, he was one of our speakers. And uh, he, he said to me, he says, you know, how are you doing budget? And I said, mate, we're not worried about budget. I said, quite honestly, we didn't even advertise this. We've only invited, we invited 10 youth ministries and uh, of which we had nine actually come. And so I said to him, I said, we didn't promote this at all. We don't want to promote it. You know, this year it's invitation only. And uh, it was just amazing to see what God's done. Young people, both youth pastors, youth leaders, and young people saying to me, I am just, you know, like wanting this to happen again. I'm amazed that I want to come back. And I've always, I just said to him, well, you know what you got to do to make it happen. It's simple. Just do something in your school and then tick that box that I'm doing something. And I really believe, church, and I want you to believe with me, is that we're not just going to see a doubling. I, I, I'm believing we're going to see a quadrupling of, um, of, of participation in outreach in their school. And we showed many different methods and ways, but I'd ask you to just pray for us. And so I just praise God for what he has done through North Shore Christian Center uh, with our Your Dream Conference. Lessons from defeat. Let's turn to Judges 20 verse 18. Judges 18. Oh, did I just change it? Sorry, Judges 20 verse 18. Here we go. All right. I love this. I don't know if you've read this one before, but... uh. It's fantastic. The Bible says here that the children of Israel arose and went up to Bethel and asked the counsel of God. And they said, who shall go up for us first to battle against the children of Benjamin? And Jehovah said, Judah shall go up first. This, I'll give you some scripture and some context. What's happened is that there's been a major atrocity, a major sin. Something really bad has happened. Let me tell you just without getting into it too much, but ultimately a young girl has been uh, raped and killed, right, by a particular part or a town that is within the tribe of Benjamin. And the Bible says that they, the rest of the people of Israel all gathered together and said they are doing nothing about it. They are letting this one pass by. They're literally allowing and, and therefore then condoning that this is how women can be treated. That's what, that's what, that's what they're saying. So what they did is they said, what shall we do? And so they decided we're going to go against them in war. We're gonna, they need to pay for this. They need to be taught 
that it's wrong. On top of that, what the Bible also in previous scriptures declares and, and kind of you know gives us the framework of it is that the the tribe of Benjamin has been allowing these people to continue to influence and, and infiltrate their community to the point where the you know the tribe of Benjamin is is uh, just allowing things, turning blind eye to things, all because of maybe, and it doesn't suggest this, but maybe it's because of commerce, maybe it's because of, well, you know, they've got to influence these people, so we just kind of allow it. But the Bible says that the rest of the tribes, the other 11, get together and say, you know, what, we're going to have to teach our brothers a lesson because it's wrong. They can't get away with this. And, and, and if they dealt with it internally, here's the thing. If the tribe of Benjamin, that whole nation within a nation had actually dealt with it themselves, that would have been it. You know, like, okay, yep, those people got done. That's good. That was wrong. But they did nothing. So now the entire tribe is now guilty in the eyes of the others. And they say, we're going to go up against them. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna treat, we're going to teach them a lesson. And the Bible says that the other 11, the first question they ask is who shall go up first, right? So who's God going to have his favor upon? Who will go first? And the Bible clearly says there that Judah shall be first. I love that. Do you know what the tribe of Judah you know, represents and symbolic of and what their job was? Do you know who they are? They're the worshippers. They're the worshippers, they're the priests, they're the, they're the ministers, they're the, they're the worshippers. I mean, I mean it's, a, it's a pretty crazy way to think about warfare, right? You know, who shall go first? We'll send our worship team in first. Oh, the worship team get all excited. Yeah. What, with my guitar? Do I get a gun? No. Your guitar. Go for it. Now, in the hands of John McLennan, it is a weapon, you know. But, uh, you know, maybe to just to the normal layman, the person that just gives it a go in the back of the bedroom, you know, by themselves because they can't play that well. Yes, you're going to be thrust into battle and you're the worshippers go first. The Bible says that when they rose up, and we're not going to read it all, but basically when the Bible, the Bible says that when they go up, they go in, they send Judah first, and then the rest of the armies come in behind them. And Benjamin, have, the tribe of Benjamin have actually um, you know, assembled their armies. They haven't tried to negotiate a truce or, or some way to, to not have a battle. They've just said, you know what, you know, we, we, we like this sin. We're okay with this sin in our house, and we're going to come against you. So defiance. So here's the battle. They're pitching against each other. The Bible says that the 11 tribes, man, they, they brought, I think it was 400,000, almost, almost half a million in their, in, their, in their whole army. I mean, it's, it looks big. The tribe of Benjamin, the Bible says, only has, I think, about 20 or 30, 40,000. <laughs> and you'd think it's going to be done. It's going to be over. It's going to be, you know, ba-boom, over. But yet the Bible tells us that when the first battle happens, they did everything that God asked them to do. Okay, everything. So their tribes are righteous when things are done wrong, right? When people sin, whether it be corruption, whether it be murder, whether it be anything, they're upholding the laws of the land, laws of God and they deal with it. And so they see themselves as going, well, we've done what God asked. But then the Bible says that when they go in and they've done everything that God has asked both before the battle in their lifestyle, in their cities, in their towns, and they take his advice and say, okay, God will send praise in first. 
you'd think that the ensuing story would be they won. They didn't. Bible says that I think close to 20,000 of them got slain and they went running. The Bible says that they went back to God and they said, <laughs> I don't, I mean, you know, the Bible uses nice holy words, you know, they're probably like, you know, like, uh, you know, oh, thou, thou us God, where art thou? You know, I don't know what they were saying, but I reckon I know what I would have been saying if I was a warrior. I'd be like, what is going on? You know, I'd have my sword waving around. Going, what is your, what's your problem? What's going on? And the Bible says that God, God's reply to them again, because they asked this time, you know, <laughs> we asked you, should we go up against them? You said, yes. <laughs> then we said, who's going to go up first? And you said, Judah, praise. Okay, yeah, we're going, whoa, we're going to win this puppy, right? But yet we're back here with our swords and we're defeated. We've lost almost 20,000 out there and we lost. God, did we go up against them? Did we mishear you? Sorry if we misheard you. But then God says again, go again. So they're like, okay, we can do this again. We can do this time. Yeah, okay, no worries. So the Bible says they go out again and they fight again and they lose again. Okay, here's the question. Have you ever had a time in your life where you feel you're doing what God's told you to do and just things aren't working out? Hmm? I mean, I've been there. Hello, church. That's me. I'll put my hand up first. That's me. I have had times when I'm feeling like, God, I'm doing what you told me to do. And it's just not working out. I'm not seeing the miracle. I'm not seeing the breakthrough. I'm not seeing the favor. I'm not seeing what, I, what I'm most desiring and praying for. It's not a very Pentecostal message today, but I want to, um, you know, like tell you that there is a rainbow at the end of this, uh, you know, like a pot of gold or whatever, whatever you want. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Trust me. We're not going to finish on that note. Okay, therefore go forth in your defeat. Amen. Over to you, Chris. No. <laughs> no, this is the thing. Is that the Bible, after two times, shows us that they've done everything God's asked. You know, after the second defeat, you would think that there's some dissension going on. They're going, oh man, are you really hearing from God? Like, what is your problem? Okay, let's get someone else to hear. Let's cast some other lots. Can we get the uh, version two lots? Yep, get them out. Okay, let's try that one. <laughs> oh, he says to go again. What's going on? Get version three. Has someone got the version three? No, it's still being made. That's all right. We, we you know, like they're, they're thinking, what is going on here? But yet the Bible says a third time. Everyone say third time. A third time. They go out, obey God again. But this time, the Bible says that they overcome the tribe of Benjamin and they decimate them. Today, I want to speak to you about the lessons from defeat. Holy Spirit, I pray that in just these few moments that the same revelation that you've placed in my heart, we could be placing upon the lives, upon the hearts, upon the families, upon the individuals in this place today. Holy Spirit, in my weaknesses, God, I declare that I am strong and I pray, God, that today that we can take from this something that, that grows our faith, takes us forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
It's a strange story, right? You know, the Bible has these strange stories, many of them throughout the Bible. You know, like one would think that, you know, the story should be like the movies. You know, it's like, bang, we go in and we do everything right. We tick all the boxes and boom, it's an awesome victory. But no, we see a story where they obey God and they fail not just once, but twice. And it's only on the third time doing the same thing that God told them before that they see the breakthrough. I think it's interesting and it's worthy of note for us, if you're taking notes, for you that in every trial, every challenge, in fact, I believe every single day, before you even face a day, you should start the day with praise. I believe that the Christian life is a victorious life. Amen. And, and let me just say that victorious in the way of that it's not necessarily that everything happens for you the way you want, right? Because then it would be your will, not God's will. Yeah. That's true, right? You know, because uh, God's will for our life is greater than our will. And the Bible says that he orders the steps of, our, of a righteous man or woman. And, and, and so ultimately, as Christians, we live the victorious life because like Paul and like the other disciples and like many other followers of God in the, Bibles, in, in the Bible, we, we, we are the same. Is that despite what goes on in life, despite the challenges, despite what goes wrong, despite the failings of life, despite the things that go wrong with our family and friends, the reason why we're victorious is because we don't see the failures as failures. We see the failures because of Jesus. We're already victorious. So it's, it's how we, you know, there's a total mind shift. It's a total change of how we, of our perception. We don't even see life the same. So even in a defeat, we go, great, thank you, Jesus, for teaching me that lesson. I want to go forth in that and I want to learn from that. I want to take something from you. And, and in fact, if you really want to go the whole way, it's a, a believer, even if they're living in absolute poverty and, 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 and to everyone's appearances feeling like, looking like, man, they, these people have got no victory in their life. They're, being a Christian, there's something inside of every single Christian, this hope that says no, no matter what is going on around me, I'm only worried about what's going on in me. And Jesus has saved me. Now, I want to tell you that whenever we face our days, face our challenges, I believe that like the people of Israel, despite the failure, despite the defeat, is that we should always face our challenges with praise. We should be praising God for the fact that we live in such an awesome nation. We should be praising God that we're alive and that we're here, and, 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 and we should be praising God because of the church that we're in. You know, you, you should be praising God when someone offends you. Seriously, in this church, you should, you should praise God. You should be like, it's awesome, I just got offended today. Praise God, thank you. Why? Because it's going to make you a better person. It's going to make you a bigger person. I remember saying to my wife when we were just young, young in age and, and just, just newly weds, I remember that we had challenges with, with other couples in the, in the church and things were being said and so on and so forth. This is, this is back in, uh, in Penrith. And I remember that. Uh, I remember we, we, we made a decision and declared it over our marriage. And, and it's something we still live by today is that who will be the bigger person? And I know that in the, in the currency of heaven, it's not the one who necessarily wins. It's not the one who's the biggest. It's not the one that's able to say the, the nastiest words. In the currency of heaven, the one that wins is the servant of all. 
And I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want the kingdom and currency over my life. I don't want the worldly one where it's backbiting and pulling people down to get ahead. I want to be the servant of all. Amen? Come on, if you're going to praise God, praise His Word, praise it. So what is victory? I believe, you know, when we look at it in, within the Christian and biblical context, is that, you know, that, that sorry, I want to I look at the world's view first. We, we, you know, in the world's view, uh, victory is counted when we go out and see outward change in our circumstances. Right, so that's, that's what the worldly way of looking, the natural way of thinking about it. But what is victory when we look in the Bible is that God counts victory is that even when you lose, you still get back up and you still return to him. See, Jesus said, remember when the disciples were trying to usher away and shoo away the kids? I never do that. Like, I mean, I've been in regional meetings, important meetings with, with youth pastors discussing, you know, tens of thousand dollar, you know, valued events. And I'm happy for them to have their kids running around. I don't care. I love it. Like, I'm like, mate, they're kids. I, I remember some of my fondest memories as a child was being allowed to stay in church and not kind of ushered off. I slept underneath the chairs. I, I remember going to bed um, going to sleep in church. And, and the last thing I'd remember is the, the proclamation of the Word of God. I mean, it lasted to the very end because he was kind of boring, but that's all right. I at least heard the Scripture at the start. That stuff was exciting. No, I'm only kidding. Um, but, um, you know, God counts a victory in our life that despite being knocked down, we get up again. And not just get up again, we return to Him. See, Jesus with the, with the children, what, what are they doing? They're trying to get rid of them. Oh, go away, go away, go away. And Jesus says, no, 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 I'm going to teach you something. Let them come. You guys move back. Let them come. And children, are, you can see the picture. They're all over Jesus. If they were anything like my son Liam, they'd be climbing up on his shoulders and, you know, a little bit of permission. He just takes a mile, you know. And, uh, you know, Jesus says, unless you come to me like a child, See, there's a difference between a childlike faith and a childish faith. Childish behavior, you know, you chuck a tantrum. See, Christians doing that, don't they? So when, when something doesn't go their way, oh, God, what's going on? You know, I'm kicking. I won't kick things. We've already broken some speakers from the conference. So nice speaker, nice speaker. All right. But, uh, but the thing is, is that, you know, you see these childish Christians are getting all upset and flustered. And why doesn't God do what I want him to do? It's like, well, well no, a childlike faith is that I'm submitted to the will of God. So it's not my will, it's his will. And I'm happy to just keep serving God whatever you want me to do. And if it means I keep failing, if I keep messing up, I keep learning lessons, I'm not going to run from you. I'm going to run to you. So what is victory in your life? Is it when things kind of happen the way you want it? Or is it you learning that despite the failings in life, being able to go back to God? See, God doesn't create our problems. Can, I, can we just say that? Is that okay if we say that? Because, I mean, there's a couple of factors that create problems in life. One, one is just called sin. It's just life. It happens. You know, someone says something, someone does something. No one chose, you know, that person to run into your car. You know, like, you know, things like, you know, like God, God, God didn't plan that, right? That's, a, that's, a, that's the fallen world. Fallen, you know, sin. How about the second one? We don't like hearing this one. Is that 
you know, there's problems in your life because <laughs> you did it. Huh? <laughs> we don't like talking about that one. We have to move on. Go, okay, go, get back to Pentecostal. All right. Um, God is drawn to weakness. This is what I love is that like I, I, I am, I am not, I try not to be a prideful man, especially in my quiet times with God. God is drawn to weakness. Paul echoes this in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 10. He says that when I'm weak, he, God, makes me strong. So today I want to share with you three things. Three things that I see in this passage of Scripture from when the people of Israel go out, they obey God, they send praise first, they do everything right. It's like they, they've, they've ticked all the boxes. We've got it right. Yes, this is the system. This is the way that we've been told to do it. Let's go win. But then they come back losers. First one is, can I get up and pray even when I'm not winning? When everything seems to be going completely against you, can you still get up and pray? I remember in the lead up to, we got lots of changes in the the school chaplaincy arena and obviously with the conference coming up. Um, I remember that I was losing some sleep and I and I, I I would lay in bed. I'm just staring at the ceiling going, man, I just can't even sleep. And, then, and I'm thinking, what's going on? And uh, and then I, one of those days I just I just kind of, you know, was quite, you know, immature. And I just kind of just let it go and I did nothing about it. But then day two, it happened again. And I'm like, you know, that's it. So I just got up middle of the night, got my Bible. and I thought, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to worship you, God. You know, after I'd prayed and after I'd worshipped, in the middle of the night, 3 a.m., 3.30, I remember I went straight back to bed and I slept like a baby. The next, next night, devil came in again trying to, Darren, you know, get this ball, you know what I'm talking about, in your chest. You just, you just can't sleep. It's like, oh, man. And I remember that I got up again instantly, straight away. Just started singing a little song, just quietly. Everyone's asleep and got my Bible, sat out there, and I did another devotion. Went back to bed. Sleep like a baby. See, can you, even when you've been knocked down and things aren't going your way, can you still get up and approach Jesus? Or do you run from him? See, can I also say this, is that sometimes the reason why we're pushing and we, and we don't seem to be getting the breakthrough is because maybe God's saying no. But can I say to you, church, is that if God is saying no, that there is a better yes coming. Okay, because sometimes we take the no right now as in no forever, but it's not. If God's saying no to you now, I encourage you to hang on. Keep pressing in, friend. Don't run from Jesus, run to him, because that no is just a prelude to a better yes that's coming. Amen? See, even though we go through hard times of defeat, or maybe we get knocked down and life seems to be too hard, if we keep our focus on God, then I believe at church, there's a miracle just around the corner for you. And all we've got to do is stand the test of time and say, God, I'm just going to keep showing up to the game. I'm going to keep turning up week in, week out, and I'm not going to give in. If you are God, then you are God. It's that simple. Number two is, can I rejoice for others when I am knocked down? 
<laughs> this one's a hard one, isn't it? Like you've been praying, man. You're like going, God, I just, you know, we need a car. This car's not working. It's just not happening. Our one breaks down every day. NRMA are sending us letters saying, please don't use us anymore. It's crazy, God. You've got to help me. Amen. Then you come to church and you see a praise report up there. Thank God for the car that we got. And you're like, God, did you miss my mailbox? I mean, that person sits, you know, two seats from me. It was me that needed it. Their car was fine. <laughs> and then when you walk past, you know, you know, brother joy and sister love, you know, as you walk past them, you're like, oh, this, you know, you know, you know the pretend Christian smile, right? <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> On the inside, you're thinking, I could stab you. No, 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 not like that. That's terrible. That would never happen here. You guys are all Christian. But, uh, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, how hard is it to go up to someone else and go, oh, man, it's so good to hear what God's done in your life. But you've been believing for the same thing and you ain't seen it yet. See, these guys, <laughs> when they're faced with, with defeat, they're like, oh, God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm sure they'll probably, some of them going, man, we should get out of here. We should just, just let, them, let them do whatever they want to their people. I, I mean, honestly, who cares anymore? Let's not have 12 tribes. Let's have 11 tribes. Forget them. Let's go. But yet there were this tendency in their heart to say, no, no, we're going to go back to God. And despite our failings, we're not going to let it influence the way we treat others, treat ourselves. We're going to stand for God's justice and we're going to go back. See, can I rejoice with others despite what's going on in my life? Can I still obey God even though things are not going my way? Let me tell you, church, is that if I can't rejoice in someone else's blessing and favor, you need to hear this one taking notes, you've got to write this one down, is that if I can't rejoice in someone else's blessing and favor, then I'm not qualified for mine. Told you it wasn't Pentecostal message. That's not today. See, I believe it works like this, is that it first needs to happen in my heart first, then, so in the supernatural, in the spiritual, then it can happen in the natural. And maybe for years, you've got to this point where you've seen things happen, miracles, blessing, favor over other people. And there's been this resentment going, God, how could you not do that for me when you do it for them? I want to say to you, friend, that God wants to bring that blessing, that favor, that miracle to your life. But sometimes, like I said in the last point, is that he's no right now is because there's a better yes coming. The third and the final thing that I see in the scripture I want us to, to learn from today is using the example of the people of the tribe of Benjamin. See, what we tolerate will dominate. We see a perfect example of a tribe who originally started out, you know, a tribe that was following God, loving God, God-fearing. And yet it allowed these people and started to, you know, lower their standards. In our own Christian walks, friend, there have been many things in my life, in my own Christian walk, where I've tolerated things. I've allowed things. 
into my thoughts, into my heart, into my actions, into my words. I've tolerated. I've kind of just, nah, it's all right, not too bad. Let me tell you, friends, what we tolerate, it will dominate. It'll dominate you. And even now, right across this place, prior to this meeting, I've prayed and I've asked the Holy Spirit to even at this point begin to just bring the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now. You're sitting there and there are things that you've tolerated, you've allowed. And to this day, it's dominating you. Might be secret, might be public, I don't know. But it's something, it's a sin that's controlling you. I want to tell you that today, the lessons from defeat is that yes, I'm going to learn how to get up and return back to God even when I'm not winning. I am going to learn to rejoice when others are winning and rejoicing even if I'm not winning. But the lesson from defeat that I'm going to have today is that I am no longer going to tolerate the thing that's holding me back. I'm not going to tolerate or allow it to dominate my life anymore. I remember a psalm where, where the, the, I guess the Bible scholars have said that this was the psalm that, that David wrote after he had fallen and, and, and committed not only adultery, but he'd organized the murder and death of the husband of the, of the woman so that he could legitimately kind of cover it over and bring her into the family and look like a champion. I will marry the widow. And then when that was exposed and brought out, he writes this psalm. And it's the psalm that I've got a, I've got a message. I call that whole psalm the progression of sin. And the Bible declares that it's almost like sin starts with, I'm willing, I'm meant to be walking in God. And then all of a sudden, I just kind of just stop. Have a look. I've stopped. I'm meant to be walking. God's told me to keep walking, but I've stopped and I've looked. And I'm... Then the Bible says that I go from standing to I'm sitting. I'm now getting comfortable with this sin. And the psalmist, David, writes, I don't want it to become the great transgression that it dominates my spirit. I want to encourage you today, church, that as we bring this meeting to a close, that in this story in Judges, where the people of God were doing everything that they thought they were meant to do, we're doing what God's told us to do, but we seem to keep getting defeated. I want to encourage you today that lessons from defeat can help us become stronger in our faith, but there's got to be a moment where we decide that the things that we've allowed into our lives, that may be the very things that keep tripping us over, that instead of tolerating them any further, that we draw a line in the sand and we say, no more will you dominate me. This sin can be broken. Let me tell you, this is what's amazing about the gospel and amazing about the power of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what's so awesome about it is the fact that Jesus, in the moment of literally a second, okay, the time of a second, He can break the chains of that sin over your life. He can do it straight away, bang. But that sin had to take months, years, 
to get in there. And I just love it because it's like, it's almost like all that effort and energy that the devil's, you know, you know, like kind of put onto me and focus onto me. Jesus can break in a second. I just love it. So this is what we're going to do, church. Is that I'm going to ask every person in this place to stand up, if we can all stand. And I'd like us to put our Bibles to the side. I'd like us now just to put our focus on Jesus. If we could just raise our hands across this place or maybe put them out in front, whatever you feel comfortable with, friend. But I just want you in a posture of just saying, Jesus, I surrender. I surrender. Father, Lord, over everyone's lives in this place, there are things that we have allowed and we have tolerated. And God, even for some, they've become things that dominate. But Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, the name above every other name, the name, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lord over all the earth and all of mankind in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare freedom. We declare favor. We declare breakthrough. We declare your miracle power in the name of Jesus Christ. So be free, church. Be free in the name of Jesus right now. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 